Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bishop Daniel Harley, the resident pastor of Christ Our Hope Cathedral, Peter Mansfield, and overseer of the KZN Council of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley is a son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Mills, the founder and bishop of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. Wow. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. I'm watching you. Make sure you don't say that away too. <laughs> I said Christ is risen. You know, I, I want to thank Pastor Tyler for um, clearing the air because I was going to clear. Do you get it? So I, I thank God for people who can be polite and nice and well behaved. Because I was wondering, you are a pastor, I send you a message, Christ is risen, then you respond, hallelujah. We were unbelievers. When you send them, Christ is risen. Unbelievers, thieves, I'm robbers, so they send you back. He's risen indeed. Meanwhile, you are a pastor. Put your hands together for Pastor Tyler, please. <laughs> Well, lift your hands, let us pray, Father. Thank, thank Jesus for rising from the dead for you and I. Just thank him wherever you are. 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 For all you've promised You gave a life worth living. A life in love with you. I can stop. And now I can't stop giving all my praises back to you. You're the Father of creation, the risen Lamb of God. You're the one who walked away from the empty tomb that day. And you set your people free with love and liberty. I can walk with you every night and every day. You're the Father of creation, the risen Lamb of God. You're the one who walked away from the empty tomb that day, and you set your people free with love and liberty. I can walk with you every night and every day. I come into your presence. We come into your presence. It's a simple song, it's nice. Let sing the song to you. A song of praise and honor for all the things you've helped us do. You gave a life worth living. Life in love with you, and now I just love giving all my praises back to you. You're the Father of creation, the risen Lamb of God. You're the one who walked away from the empty tomb that day, and you set your people free. With love and liberty And I can walk with you Every night and 
thank you for raising Jesus from the dead and making him Christ and Lord and setting him apart from all religious leaders. We accept him as our Lord and our Savior with assurance and confidence in him because he rose from the dead. We give you praise, we give you glory in the name of Jesus. This morning, as we celebrate your resurrection, speak your word into our hearts. Enlighten us. Let us go deeper in our understanding of your truth in the name of Jesus. We give you praise, we give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Say a nicer Amen. Wonderful. Give your neighbor a high five, say Christ, or a fist bump, just a fist bump. Christ is risen, or an elbow, or whatever. Just obey the regulations, okay, please. Uh -huh. But just let your neighbor know that Christ is risen. Uh -huh. You don't say, I wait. You may be seated in the presence of God. Wow, what a blessing. It's exciting to be with you on this Easter Sunday, what we know as Resurrection Sunday. You know, today is the day that sets Jesus apart from any other religious leader that walked on the face of the earth. Okay? Apart from his immaculate conception and birth, which is his miraculous birth. Okay? The other thing that sets him apart, because as for dying... All these other religious leaders that you know have died. Do you get it? I mean, we can mention them. Um, what are some of the Buddha? He died. Not Buddha's Iscariot. Buddha. He died. Um, who again? Yeah. He also died. Um, Shembe. He died. Okay. Shembe is dead. I didn't even know that he existed. Hari Baba, Hari Krishna, he died. Who again? Shaka Zulu, he died. Do you get it? I mean, anybody you can think about, any religious leader that they, they lived and they died. And that's where the story ended. They are waiting for Jesus to come for them to rise again. But Jesus, he lived, he died, and he rose again. Or else Jesus would have just been one philosopher who came around who did miracles and fed the people. But he died. He laid down his life and he rose again. Yeah. You know, in Acts chapter 2, I think verse number 36. In fact, 31, Peter is saying that he's talk, Peter was speaking. He was talking about the resurrection. Put 31 up there, please. He says, and he, seeing this before, speak of the resurrection of Christ. That his soul was not left in hell. Neither his flesh did see 36. 36. There are a lot of things. With scriptures I will not fit. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly. That is most certainly. That God had made that same Jesus. Whom he crucified. Both Lord and Christ. Yeah. Both Lord and Christ. You see, Jesus was already Lord. He was already Christ. But rising from the dead, God confirmed to us that indeed he is Lord. 
and he's Christ. That's what we are celebrating today. Hallelujah. I also let them read to you all the four gospels, the account of the resurrection. You see, in the four gospels, there are things that this person will say, this person will not say, this person will say, this person, you know, because when, we, when all of us are at a place, as I'm standing here and preaching, some, some of you will go home and say, I was wearing white. But you will be surprised that somebody will say that I was wearing blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't, don't be deceived. Do you, oh, I like the way you are shaking your head, but believe you me. Have you not been somewhere that you all saw something? Then when you went home, somebody said they, they didn't see what everybody has seen it. But somebody said they didn't see it. You see, my examples are a little wild, but they are the truth. I mean, if you see the, the visor that Connie is wearing, she can never see this as white. I mean, no, let's be serious. Do, do, do you get what I'm saying? Let me tell you a story. I don't, I don't want to preach long today. Today I want us to go home and have lunch. But you are tempting me to tell you a story. One day, a certain old... I've not started preaching. No, I'm just saying hello to you. One day... When I say one day, say one day. Good. A certain old man was sleeping. He was a grandfather. He was asleep. And then his grandchildren wanted to play a trick on him. Do you get it? So... They went, as he was sleeping, they took um, milk that had gone bad. Do you see? And they passed it on his mustache. Do you get it? They just passed it. You know when milk goes bad, it begins to smell. They passed it on his mustache. And then they ran away. So when he woke up, he just said, ah, this room is stinking. So then he got up. Then he left the room and he went to the kitchen. So when he went to the kitchen, he wanted to, to have some water to do. When he went to the ah, this kitchen stinks. Then he opened the fridge. Then he, ah, as he was bending to the fridge, he could still smell. He said, this fridge stinks. Then he decided to go outside because the whole house was stinking. When he went outside, he took in a deep breath. He said, ha, ah, the whole world stinks. You'll be surprised when you put on dark glasses, what we call, we call dimmers. Dimmers to dim or shades. It, it changes everything. So what I'm saying is that these four disciples, they all saw the resurrection. They saw so many things. People, I mean, when Lazarus, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, Peter didn't write about it as though he was not there. Matthew didn't write about it. All of the, all the disciples behaved like they did. Something as powerful as Lazarus rising from the dead. They didn't, it's only John who wrote about it. That's what I'm saying. You can see everybody seeing that I'm wearing right. There'll be somebody here who say I was wearing green. You'll be shocked. You'll be so shocked. Uh-huh. But this one account, they all wrote about it. So that everybody will take note of it. Because this is the most significant event that Jesus went through for our salvation to assure us that when we die, we will rise again. Yeah, we'll rise again. We'll rise again. The Bible says that Jesus is the first fruit of the resurrection, which means when we say something is the first fruit, it means there are other fruits. It says the first, first episode. How many of you will believe when you are watching this? This is the first episode. It means that there are other episodes that are coming. Do you, do you get it? This is the first episode. So Bible says Jesus is the first fruit 
of the resurrection. It means he was the first person to rise from the dead so that you and I can rise from the dead one more time. Paul says, one day the trumpet shall sound and the Lord shall descend from heaven with the shout of the archangel. Then the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we that are alive and remain shall be caught up with them to meet the Lord in the heavens. Have your eyes on the resurrection that one day when we die, we will rise again. Hallelujah. Well, this morning for about 30 to 45 minutes, I want to share with you what I call the victories of the resurrection. The victories of the resurrection. Okay? The victories of the resurrection. Jesus rising from the dead produced some victories. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, it says that now thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Christ Jesus. So the Bible tells us that God gives us victory through Christ, through our Lord Jesus Christ. What is victory? Victory, or what, what does it mean to be victorious? It means to overcome your enemy. To overcome a problem. I see you overcoming your enemy. Dear little children, be not afraid. Ye have overcome them. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So, John tells us that because Jesus is in us, we have overcome our enemies. The one who is in us, he is greater than the one who is in the world. So, God gives us certain victories. And one of the ways he gives us victories is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Alright? And we're just going to look, there are a lot of them, but we're just going to look at just one or two for the sake of time and then we will go home. Alright? What does it mean to resurrect? To resurrect means to come back to life. John eleven twenty five. 25. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he, he were dead, he shall rise again. So to resurrect means, is it there? And Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. To resurrect is to bring something that is dead back to life. Something that stops to exist, to bring it back into existence. That is what resurrection means. So Jesus died. He wasn't asleep. He wasn't in a coma. He died. He ceased to exist. And God brought him back to life. God brought him back to life. Now through this experience, he gained victory over a few things. Number one, he gained victory over death. Death. He gained victory over death. The first victory is victory over death. Victory over death. First Corinthians chapter 15, we read verse 54 through to 58. That's the song the girl was singing here. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is yours? We all shall say. We have a song that we sing. For death could not hold him captive, even in the grave. He is Lord. For death uh-huh. could not hold him captive, even in, in the, the grave. He is Lord. Yeah, thank you. So, 1 Corinthians 15, 54, the Bible says, so when this corruptible shall put on, you know, 1 Corinthians 15 talks about the resurrection, the fact that we will rise again and we will live again. So the whole chapter 
It's about the resurrection. Do you see? There are about 58 verses. Paul continues to explain and to assure the people that we will rise again. Don't let anybody deceive you with lies that, oh, when you die, you are dead. When you die, if, if, if we, be die, we were to die and be dead, just like the way chickens die, cows die, then our lives will be most, we, we will be the most miserable set of people in this in this life or miserable of God's all of God's creation that when we die after all the effort we are making in this life life ends on this earth like the way um, honcho's chicken is oh then our lives are miserable miserable what gives meaning to our lives is the hope of resurrection the fact that life continues that this place is a preparation for the life that is coming that's what gives us hope that's what makes our life meaningful. Yeah, that's what makes our life meaningful. Yeah. So I read. It says, so when this corruptible shall put on incorruptible, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. 55. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? The stink of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Now, 2057. But thanks be to God. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through Christ Jesus. So, he's talking about death, and he's saying that, Death, go back 55, it says that death or the grave has a stink. That's why when people die, we, 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 we become sorrowful. It stinks. As it's, like, it's like a bee sting. It comes with pain. The, 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 the fact that you can't see the person anymore, the fact that you can't communicate with the person anymore, look, death is wilder than divorce. Yeah. Divorce is the person has left you, but you can't see the person. Once in a while, the person can insult you, foolish man. Your beard like something. <laughs> look, if the person were to die, you will see that, look, the insults were far better than the person you not been there at all again. Yeah, to insult you. Yeah, everything. So, my father is always sending me, he's always sending. Look, when he, God forbid, if he dies, you will prefer the sending to the person not being around at all. Yeah. So it has a stink, it has a pain, it has something it brings, and, and that is man's number one problem on this earth. But in verse 57, the Bible says, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. How does Jesus Christ give us victory over death? By rising from the dead Himself. Rising from the dead. Coming back to life. By he himself coming back to life. He gave us victory. He himself won victory over death. And gave us, you and I, victory. So verse 58, it tells us what to do. It says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You are not struggling for nothing. As you are standing on the stage singing, we all shall say that, where is your victory? It's not in vain. It's in preparation for something. 
somebody else had the opportunity and took I have pastored, this is about the fourth church I'm pastoring in my life, or the fifth one I'm pastoring. I've always seen many people who have had the opportunity, maybe to sing, to play an instrument, to usher, to do something in the church, and they take it for granted. It's not, it's not, like, it's not any wild thing that we are doing, but the Bible tells us that that thing you are doing, it is not in vain. One day, it will all matter. It will all matter. It was, so he said, be steadfast and move up. If you have to be steadfast, it means something is trying to push you off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 One of the common sayings of drunkards, steady. I say it again in Zulu. Some of you didn't. I said one of the common sayings of drunkards is steady. Yesterday, I was driving in town. I saw some guy talking to another guy. They were walking together. And he was talking to the... Uh, come, come, come. You, you, okay, you and I, let's be drunkards together. Come and let's be drunk here. Uh-huh, but you are too drunk. You are too drunk. Just, it's just one pint. Okay, good, good. good. Uh-huh. So this guy was talking to this guy. And this guy was walking straight. But the guy, as he was talking to him, I saw he was still talking to him. So I asked my wife that, what is he trying to tell the guy that he has to put his mouth into the guy's ear? Yeah, I mean like, he's, they are working together, but they're talking, what he's telling, he's coming, and the other guy is trying to fall down, and he's leaning on him. So I asked her, thank you, Mr. Drunkard. I asked my wife, what at all is he telling him? So my wife explained to me, I'm sure from experience, anyway. I don't know. But my wife explained to me that, you know, sometimes the guy may be, or uh, yes, from medical, from the medical point of view, that the guy, he cannot hear what the other one is saying. So he's trying to get it as close as possible to the ear so that the words can go inside. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, straight to the eardrum. So that it goes in straight. There's no any... Do you, do you get it? Now, when the Bible says be steadfast, it means something is trying to push you off. Something is trying to take you off. But if there's nothing... I mean, you and I, no, today has anybody told you be steady? No. But if you were to take a little of that thing, immediately, even you, you start to tell the ground, Steady. Yeah, I saw one guy talking to a bottle one day. He said to the bottle, hey, hey, be steady. When you are in the bottle, you don't move. But when you cling to my stomach, then you start to move. Yeah. 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 So, as a Christian, something is trying to move you. Something is trying to take you. That's why I said, be steadfast you and I must be Christians who are unmovable we cannot be moved it says the righteous shall be like Mount Zion that cannot be removed sometimes you you see Christians in the church they are flirting with ideas out of the church do you understand the word flirting it's like the idea is passing through your mind when you have dreams you have dreams about it yeah, you are entertaining. The, the, it's like the idea comes and it goes. It's not like it's your idea, but it comes and goes. It comes and goes. You are flirting with an idea that moves you. Sometimes you are in a relationship with someone and the person is flirting with the idea of leaving the relationship. 
we are all in the relationship. And you are flirting with an idea of leaving the relationship. Hey! Anyway, that's not what we are talking about. The Bible says, because of the resurrection, let us be steady and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Yeah. Since you started flirting with these, your funny ideas, have you not realized that you have become unfruitful? Totally unfruitful. Unfruitful means useless. But I'm not saying you are, I'm saying that unfruitful. God said, polite Sunday word. Yeah. Instability leads to unfruitfulness. I know. That's why I came. That's why I came. I came to preach. Number two, let's not even be here till July. I said 30 minutes. We are going for Easter lunch. Victory over death. That's number one. Victory over death. Because of what Jesus has done and risen from the dead and done it successfully, we are not afraid to die. Because we know that one day when we die, we will rise again. When we die, we will rise again. When we die, we will rise again. And the life after this life is more glorious than the life we are living today. That's why when we suffer things, we still press on. Because our light afflictions today, they cannot be compared to the weight of glory that is waiting for us. Yeah, maybe by your serving God today, you can't find the type of job, the job you, if I, if I brings unemployment, because the type of jobs that are available, they are not jobs for Christians. But I came to tell you, in the resurrection, God will give you a crown of glory. Yeah. 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 I mean, you can't be a Christian and do any kind of job. Yeah. You are a waitress in a, in a nightclub. Topless, topless nightclub. You are a waitress there. Yeah. Shaking what your mama gave you in the nightclub. Yeah. Yeah. When we tell you, say it won't break. some jobs you can't do. Look, I remember many years ago, I traveled to London. When I got to London, I went to the pastor. The, the first thing the pastor told me, if you are going to be fruitful with the Lord, you can't work at night. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the first time I was ever meeting the pastor, I've not seen him anywhere in the Bible. I've gone through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all the way to Revelation. I've never seen him before. The first time I, I said, hello, my name is Daniel. I said, prophet asked me to come to you. He said, wow. If you are going to be fruitful here, you can't work in there. He just started with instructions. The relationship between a father and a child is a relationship of instructions. And I, I want my father to tell me I love me. He to pamper me. Hey, 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 hey. Don't, 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 don't go there. The That's why Solomon said, uh, so, sorry, my son, attend unto my instructions. Like our relationship is instructions. To give you instructions. He said, you can't work at night. I said, hey, at night they pay more. They pay more money. The rate is higher at night. It's easier to get a night job. Say so you can't work at night. Yeah. But as you make a sacrifice for the Lord in the resurrection, God will reward you. Number two. Number two. I'm giving you three, four, or five. So when my time is up, then I finish. Number two, victory over hell. Victory over hell. Victory over hell. 
Revelations 1, 17 and 18. The Bible says that, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that lived and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and death. Jesus introduced himself to John, the disciple whom he loved. He said, I am the one. I was alive. I died and I'm alive. I lived, I died, and I'm alive forevermore. And guess what? I have the keys, the keys of hell and death. Hell and death. Until Jesus died, he did not have, died and resurrected, he did not have the keys of hell and death. Now, keys are symbols of authority. Do you see, there are cars outside, I believe so. And the owners of these cars are in the church. May you own a car. But the cars that are outside, no matter how many times you shout amen, if you don't have the key, you can't go and move any of the cars. Even the smallest one. You get, there are some cars, they are very small. You can handpick them. And, I mean, like, maybe they are parked at the wrong place. You handpick them from here and put them here. Small cars. I like small cars. That's single. I like small cars. I like small cars because they don't charge a lot of fuel. They can go anywhere. Anywhere you send them, they can go. They can park anywhere. If you have to reverse, they reverse. Because even you can reverse to the wrong direction. It's not big enough to get to where the other car is. It's like a motorbike. You can drive through anywhere. Anyway, back to what I'm saying. I'm saying that because you don't have the keys, you don't have authority over the car. But the one who has the key, he determines where the car goes. He determines when the car goes. Sometimes you put people in your car, they don't buy fuel. They are turning on air conditioning. (laughs) But the one with the keys is the one with authority. And one of the keys that Jesus has is the keys to hell. The one with the keys to hell, he determines who goes to hell and who doesn't go to hell. He determines whether you, somebody will go to hell or you can go to hell, he can come and remove you from there. Yeah, he can come and remove you. He has the keys. Joseph was in jail in Egypt. Bible says the jailer gave him the keys. You know something I read, um, I think last week, I hear that the word prison and jail are synonyms. But jailers and prisoners are antonyms. It will take you a while. You take your time and marinate it. (laughs) Jail and prison, they mean the same thing. But prisoners and jailers, they mean opposite things. That's why it's just something small. Okay, please. Just something small. So when you go to school tomorrow, you frighten your teacher with it. Jesus, by his resurrection, had the keys. Victory over hell. Number three, victory over sin. Victory over sin. Victory over sin. Victory over sin. sin. The resurrection brought victory over sin. 
Romans chapter 6. In Romans chapter 5, Paul is talking about how sin and death and condemnation and judgment all came into the world. He says, by one man's sin. So Romans 5, let's go to Romans 5. You just find what I'm saying. But Romans 5, is talk- the whole Romans 5 is about this thing. That through Adam's sin, judgment came to the world and destruction and hell and everything. But through the righteousness of Jesus also, salvation came, deliverance came, righteousness came. So he's been going back and forth. The whole chapter, if you, when you go home, read the whole chapter, he's talking about that. And 21, let's look at 20 and 21. I think it will sum it up. 20 and 21 of Romans 5. Before we go. Moreover, so after he has talked about everything, he was concluding. He said, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Okay? But where sin abounded, where are you in a hurry to? Grace did much more abound. Okay? 21. That as sin had reigned unto death, okay, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, so 6 verse 1. So he gives this assurance that there's sin, but there's grace. When we sin, though the law is abounding, the great grace also abounds. So he asks this question, what shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? So, will we just continue to live in sin because there is grace? Verse 2, it says, God forbid. How, how shall we that were dead to sin live any longer therein? Verse 3, we are going all the way to 23. It says, know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were, who were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. So you see, we are now going into death and resurrection, okay? If you read the Bible as a chain, you will see everything the Bible is trying to talk about. The Bible, there were no numbers or anything in the Bible. The person was just, they just wrote it continually. It's the one famous English writer who came and decided to put the Bible in Chapter 1, chapter 2, verse 3, verse 4. But it's like the guy was talking. It's like the way I'm talking continuously. Then, a few years later, Blantina takes my preaching and decides to, so that it's easier for people to remember, she decides to put chapters and numbers to it. Do you, do, do, do you understand it? So, you can easily take the preaching, just one portion of the preaching, and get a revelation. But to get the whole story, you look at everything comprehensively. It's like insurance, comprehensive insurance. Then you understand the whole story, okay? So this is how the flow is. Before we get to Romans 6, 23, that the wages of sin is death. So come along. Therefore, we were buried. So we just talked about dying, baptized into death. We were, we were buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in the newness of life. Okay, good. Let's go on verse 5. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. How many of you now agree with me that we are really talking about resurrection? You get it? Sin and resurrection. Good. Verses, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we shall not serve sin. Two, for he that is dead 
is freed from sin. Eight. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Verse nine. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. You can even see here that even death doesn't have control over Jesus anymore. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth and he liveth, he liveth, he liveth unto God. Verse 11. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. So you are seeing what the resurrection is producing. To be dead unto sin, but alive unto God through Christ Jesus our Lord. Next one. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the last thereof. Verse 13. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye ye are not under the law, but under grace. Verse 15. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. He says, so don't start to live a life of sin because you know that God will forgive you. Sometimes people abuse love. Because you know we love you, you do anything you want to do. Here he's saying, don't just live in sin because you are under grace. Verse 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey. So anybody you obey, you are the person's servant. Whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. 17. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that, that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. 18. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. 19. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity and to iniquity, even so now yield your members as servants of righteousness and to holiness. So he says that since in our past lives we were, we were fully into sin, we gave our bodies to sin. Now also let us give our bodies unto righteousness and to holiness. Verse 20. For when ye were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. So if you are a servant of sin, you cannot be righteous. Okay? 21. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? You see that some of the things we used to do, if we talk about it, we all become very, we don't want anybody to know. Is that not so? Is that not so? Uh-huh. For the end of those things is death. 21. We are coming to your favorite scripture. But now, being free from sin and become servants of God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and 
the end everlasting life. 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is life eternal through Jesus Christ, our Lord. At least today you have read four chapters of the Bible. Five chapters. Five chapters of the Bible. One of the victories Jesus gives us is victory over sin. Sin. He says, sin no longer has dominion over him. Why? He died. And he now lives unto righteousness. This is the reason why you and I have victory over sin. Yeah. Have victory over sin. Many people who live in sin, live in sin because they choose to live in sin. Hey, Pastor, are you saying that uh, we, 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 you, you don't sin? Oh, I'm just like you. But I don't choose to sin. I don't choose to sin. I fight. I fight to, to stay afloat. I fight to stay afloat. From today, you to fight to stay afloat. Don't say, oh, you see, that's my life. That's, it's a habit I have. I've been doing it since I was 12 years old. You've been masturbating since you were 12 years old. Better stop it. How are you doing? The church is very quiet here. Why? Are you, are you all sitting here? Uh, is everybody sitting here? No, I don't mean about that. I'm, I, mean, I mean, it's everybody. Because it's very, here is, I mean, by here it's very quiet. Say amen. From today, may you receive victory over sin. Every sin that bothers you and hassles you and keeps you from running the race receives strength to overcome. Receives strength to overcome. Receives supernatural ability to overcome. Number five. My time is running. Maybe another time I'll take my time and go through this. The final one is victory over the flesh. Or four. Four or five. Really? Where were you? Okay, victory over sin. Now, victory over devils and his demons. Victory over the devil and his demons. Hey, then my time is really, really gone. Colossians chapter 2. Victory over devils. The devil and his demons. Colossians chapter number 2. Let's go to maybe verse number 10. Colossians 2.10. Paul's letter to the people of Colossae. Chapter number 2, verse number 10. Okay. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of man, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Verse 10. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities, principality and power, in whom ye were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of sins and of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, okay, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith 
of the operation of God who has raised him from the dead. Okay? So now you see, we are, you see where we are. We are in the area of dying and resurrecting. Okay? And you, being dead in your sins and in the circumcision of the flesh, that he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against you, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Says when Jesus died and he went down to hell. You see, those three days that Jesus had gone down to hell, what he did was that he was whipping the demons. I think the worst thing that happened to Satan was Jesus died. I think Satan was happier when Jesus resurrected. Because, like, he's dead and he has come to hell. The commotion he was causing there. Whipping them. He, said, he made a public show. He made a show of them openly. Triumphing over them. In it. I'm sure he saw the demon of lust. He said, you, you have been troubling people for a long time. You trouble something. You trouble David. Come here. He started to whip him. Whip him. Yeah, that's why Friday I told the some of the demons are behind. So you have to give them a back kick. Yeah, give them a back kick. And don't be afraid. Hey, since you gave them a back kick, has your foot swollen? Yeah, my, I mean, I've given change shoes. I'm wearing another shoe because I was stamping to stamp on them more. This one, the under is harder. When it stamps on them, they'll feel it more. Jesus made a public show of them. them. That's why you have power over principalities, over powers, over demons, over the devil. That's why you and I have power over them. That's why at the mention of that name, Jesus, you know, you know, there are some people when you hear their names, you, you, you become scared. Yeah, you become, you sit up. When you are fooling around, they mention that person's name, you sit up. That's how the demons also are. When they hear, Bible says, at the mention of that, wherefore God has highly exalted in Philippians 2, 9, and given him a name that is above all names, that at the mention of that name, Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess of things that are in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. That's why when you, 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 you have any problem, you say, in the name of Jesus, you see the demons begin to tremble. The Bible says the demons hear his name and they tremble. They tremble. They begin to vibrate with, to tremble is to vibrate with fear. They tremble. Yeah, they tremble. Because he has victory over them. Tremble. They become afraid. Church is quiet. Why? They begin to tremble. At the mention of the name Jesus. You know, I, I was watching, a, I think, one of these short videos, a comedian, and he was saying that there's a guy, 
there's a Nigerian guy. Um, they always use him to act. When he's in the Nigeria, he's always acting the devil, Satan, and all these things. Arizi, ne? Shegu Arizi. That's his name. You know him. He's your brother. Okay. No, I also know his name. <laughs> Shegu Arizi, okay. And that guy, he said one day, armed robbers went to rob the guy. And when they entered into the house to rob the guy, and the guy woke up in the night, and the armed robbers saw the guy. When they saw his face, they shouted, blood of Jesus. <laughs> yeah. The armed robbers started to tremble. They looked at the owner of the house, and they shouted, the blood of Jesus. Jesus whipped the devil. You know, I remember an old story. There was this guy, this arm robbers who went to rob a certain house in a certain country. I think there were four of them. Not knowing the house belonged to a U.S. Marine who had come to that country for holidays. He was in that country. He was there on holidays. And then the wrong, wrong target, wrong address. May you be a wrong address for the devil. When they, the, the armed robbers got there, I don't know what they were doing, but the, the, the guy, he woke up. He woke up. And he started to pick them out one by one. One guy was trying to jump the wall. He hit the guy. The guy came back to land in the house. You are going to the next door to do what? Come back here. He took them out. When he called the police, the police came. The, the armed robbers, four of them, they were all lying down. He was sitting on his, on his chair on the porch waiting for the police. They were all lying down. One, two, three, four, like that. Next time, when you want to pick a target, don't pick a target of somebody who has gone to Afghanistan, has gone to Baghdad, and has come. Then you are picking his house. That is how Jesus is when it comes to the demons. When it comes to the demons. He made a show of them to declare his victory and his power over them. Number five, I close with this one. Victory over the flesh. Victory over the flesh. Romans chapter 8. This is a short one. Romans chapter 8. We are looking for verse number 11. Victory over the flesh. Bible says, but if the same spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead dwelleth in you, he shall raise he that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken, which is bring alive your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwelleth in you. Okay, let's look at this. It says, the one who brought Jesus from the dead, if he dwells in you, what will happen is that he will bring your body alive again from the dead. Now look at verse 12. It says, because of verse 11, verse 12, verse 11, verse 12. Verse 11. Verse 12. Verse 11. Therefore, brethren, because of verse 11, it says, because of that, brethren, you and I are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. It says, we don't owe the flesh anymore. We are not prisoners. The word debtors means we are not prisoners of the flesh. So that we will live after the flesh. 13. 
For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if you through the spirit do mortify, which is kill the deeds, the desires of the body, you shall live. Then your favorite verse comes for as many as are led by the spirit of God. They are the sons of God. One of the victories Jesus gives us through his resurrection is victory over the flesh. Before then, you and I cannot control the flesh. And your, most, your greatest enemy is not the devil, it's your flesh. The same flesh that you have been putting makeup and Brazilian hair on, that's your greatest enemy. Yeah. It, it is that flesh that makes you do what is wrong. It's not your spirit. Look, if we were just spirits, that's why heaven would be nice. If we were just spirits, your spirit never desires to do wrong things. No. Your spirit, no matter even how bad you are, your spirit doesn't like doing wrong things. The flesh decides to dominate the spirit and press it down through the soul. Then the body begins to do what it likes. But as for the spirit, always holy. Always holy. So the flesh is what leads us into sin. The flesh is what leads us into trouble. The flesh is what makes us do the wrong thing. The flesh is what makes us gossip. The flesh is what makes us quarrel. The flesh is what makes us fornicate. The flesh is what makes us... All these things is the flesh. So when you have a flesh that is super alive, then you have a problem. Sometimes you see people, you can tell from their flesh that their flesh is really alive. You know when you are asleep and somebody pinches you, you usually don't feel it much. Do you get it's like Because you have to come back from the sleep to now be awake, to feel the pain. And it's quite a journey. Anytime you wake up, thank God. Because you really go far. I mean, some of you read Jamaica, Trinidad, the other side. You know, yesterday, I had to come and do something at church at, at 12 o'clock. And I was, I was really tired. So I took a bath. I finished around half past 11, everything. Then I told my wife, when it's 10 to 12, I'm coming to sleep. When it's 10 to 12, wake me up. So I just put my head down. And as usual, I turned on the sleep button, so I was, I was there. Okay. Mercy for those who, when you want to sleep, it's a whole journey. You can't fall asleep. I just turned the switch from awake to asleep. I was asleep. I was sleeping, and I could remember that. I'd, I mean, look, I'd gone far. Oh, I'd, clo- I'd crossed the Atlantic. I'd crossed Europe. I was somewhere around Colombia. That's, I'd passed America long ago. In about three minutes, I'd passed America. I was around Colombia, around Bogota. You know that bridge at Bogota? I was around that side. Yeah, because the people I was seeing, they were, they were, they were speaking uh, 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 Spanish. And uh, when they said, Senor, I said, Hey, ah, oh, okay. These, they, they were called Pablo and those type of Romano. Uh-huh. So I know I was there. Then suddenly, I had somebody tapping me. <laughs> so I, I decided to open only small of my eyes to check who is not happy about where I am. 
if it's Pablo. <laughs> so I spied to see whether it's Escobar. When I spied, I saw that it's my wife. She said, oh, it's time. <sighs> the way I was disappointed. Because I had gone very far. Very, very far. The same for you and you too. When you see some of you, when you sleep, you even go to mass. Yeah, you go to mass. You reach mass. Why do you think you only see green, green? What do you think you are seeing? You have reached mass and you have crossed. So when God's spirit comes to wake you up, they have to bring you from far back into your body for you to wake up. Back to, to wake up. That's why when the body is dead, a lot of things you don't react to it. A lot of things you don't react to it. But when your body is alive, hey, 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 you see the way Jesus was walking with a lot of people, then somebody touched the hem of his garment, then he said, who touched me? That's how it is like. So when he, somebody touched the hem of, he, Jesus asked Peter, who touched me? Peter asked Jesus a question, he said, ah, Jesus, Jesus, too, sometimes you can be somewhere you see all these people trunking you and you ask me who touched how do I know how can I know which of these 1000 people touch you that's the question he asked Jesus how can I mean no, let's be serious Jesus how can I know and Jesus said I felt you see I can feel all these people touching me but the one who touched me I felt power come out of me that's why I'm asking for this specific one when your flesh is alive you react to everything you react to every, everything. Every sli- the slightest provocation you will react. Hey, why did this person say this? Why did, uh, why, when I was walking, she looked at me from this side of her. Why didn't she look at me from the center? Hey, After church, we have to deal with the person. The slight, everything you have to react. Every single thing you have to react. The reason, it's not your fault too. Is your flesh is too alive. Your flesh is too alive. Your flesh is too alive. So the Bible says, if you by the spirit do mortify, which is to kill or to suppress the flesh, you will live. You have victory. You have it. Some problems won't, get, won't come to you anymore. Some problems won't come to you anymore because the flesh is not. Look, a lot of a lot of emotional issues is the flesh. Oh, yeah. It's the flesh. No, 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 no. Yes. It's the flesh. I knew a guy, I tell you this story, bonus to go home with. When you talk to him, when you ask him a question, can never know what the answer is until a long time. Because you ask him, are you coming? He said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. So you have to wait. If he doesn't say anything again, then the last thing he said is the final answer. He used to play drums for me. He used to sing. He had a very beautiful voice and he used to play drums for me. Yeah. So, is your mother there? No, 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 no. Yeah, 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 no. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, yeah. Very, look, 
It's a fantastic guy. I'm telling you. It's, look, it's a real ability. It's a real person. Oh. Real person that I know. Other people know the person. He himself knows that that's how he can be sitting behind the drums. Then he will get up. Yeah, yeah. As you are preaching, he say, yeah, and used to behind me like that. So I'm preaching. I'm somewhere there. Then I hear somebody shouting behind. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> So you say, am I preaching? I'm preaching. Then you say, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, yeah. So you don't know whether you should continue preaching. <laughs> but your flesh, my flesh, that is what battles us and fights us. And one of the victories Jesus gave us by being raised from the dead is victory over the flesh so that you and I can master master the art of controlling the flesh and keeping the flesh down. Keep it. Put Galatians 5 there. 519. Let's read that one and we close. It says, now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Do you, do you get it? Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such. How many of you can see that the flesh is very, very busy? The flesh is, you see, in just two, three verses. So look at the number of things that, go back again. Look at the number of things the flesh can do and let's count them. Now the works of the flesh are these. As I read, just count. Adultery. Fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, drunk. It's your flesh that makes you envy. Envies, madness, drunkenness, revilings. Even the list has not finished. It says, and such like. It means if I continue to write the list, I'll write out till revelation. Such like these brothers, those are in the WhatsApp group. Yeah. How many did you get? 17. 17. 17 or 17? 17. Okay. We got 17. 17. The flesh, the flesh is busy. I said the flesh is busy. That's why you and I need victory over it. Receive victory over your flesh in the name of Jesus. What makes you revile? What makes you go into drunkenness, envies, madness, idolatry? Idolatry is having something else be so special to you more than God. That's idolatry. It's not only going to the Sangoma or that one is a high level, but idolatry is you have something that's an idol to you. An idol is something you regard to be very special more than God. Idolatry. Sometimes you see a wife is more special to you than God. You see, I was telling some husbands that you need to understand wives. Wives are like God. This one is bonus. Wives want you to like anything you want to like. Just don't like that thing more than them. That's all. That's all they are asking for. They don't have a problem if you like football. They don't have a problem if you like golf. You know, I stopped playing golf for some time. 
every day my wife will ask me, have you stopped playing golf? And she'll ask me strongly like that. Have you stopped playing golf? Every day I'll be feeling guilty. Because my father gave me an instruction to play golf. So every day she will ask me that question, Pastor Spirit, I'll feel very guilty. So eventually, I got born again. (laughs) And I went back to the course. And I started to play. Now when I wake up that I'm going to play golf, my wife was, are you going to play golf? Again? (laughs) So, I'll ask myself, I thought you said I should go and play golf. Now that I'm going to play the golf, you're asking me, am I going to play? Again? So when I finished playing yesterday, the people asked me, can we play on Monday? I said, wait. (laughs) We have to calculate it well. (laughs) To be confirmed. We will confirm before we sleep. Because it means we have to spend a lot of the Sunday with them. So that they will be tired of us by Monday morning. (laughs) Then we can go and play quickly and come. Because as soon as you pack your things, they will ask you, are you going to play golf again? (laughs) Yesterday when I came from the course, I was t- telling my wife something. She said, I thought you went to play golf. Or you didn't go and play golf. <laughs> and I'm like, when I take my clubs, where else can I go? <laughs> it's not easy. Oh, no, 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 no. But that's how God is. He wants you to like whatever you want to like. But just don't like that thing more than him. Just don't like that thing more than him. So when you have to make a choice between that thing and God, then you choose that thing. That's what the Bible means, idolatry. Sometimes your children become like idols to you. Yeah. For some of you, your child cannot be wrong. Your child is never wrong. How can it be seeing that your child is not an angel? Me, my children, they know if you get detention in school, you will get detention at home. It doesn't even matter what happened in school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why my children don't get detention. For what? You will get detention at home. No matter what your explanation is. Even if it's the teacher's fault. There must be something you did for the teacher to make a mistake towards you. Yeah. Oh, there must be. There has to be. I said what? There has to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because out of all the children in the class, you are the only one. Maybe it's your hairstyle. Yep. Yeah. Our children cannot be wrong. Our children are like gods. Gods with evidence right before your eyes. You will still be in denial. Yeah. Idolatry. I don't want to talk about it. I'm just saying that Jesus gives us victory to suppress the flesh. So Paul said that one thing I do daily I keep my body under control. If you don't keep your flesh under control by the help of the Holy Spirit through the resurrection of Christ, your flesh will disgrace you. Disgrace you. Have you not done something that after when the, the consequence came you were like how on earth did I do this? One man he said he said to a pastor friend of mine he said I went to chase a small girl 
uh, uh, smaller nyana, smaller nyana girl. Yeah, and one day, I mean, somebody's father, elderly, elderly, not like me, I mean, <laughs> but like elderly. He went to chase one of these type of 21, 22 type of this young. He said, the girl slapped me. Small girl that it can be my child, I can whip with a belt. She slapped me. And she said, even my wife has, cannot slap me. I said, look at such foolishness. You bring yourself by means of a warish woman, a, 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 a strange woman, a man is reduced to a piece of bread. Have you not done things that you wonder what on earth had, what, 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 what even came to me? Why would I even do such a thing? It's because you didn't keep the flesh under control. From today, if you will keep your flesh under control, you will not repeat such mistakes in your life. In the name of Jesus. Stand to your feet. Let's bring this service to a close. I want you to pray for yourself right now. We've discussed just five. There are about ten of them, but we've just discussed about five. I want you to pray for a second or two that these victories will be manifest in your life. Victory over death. You see, there's nothing really to do from this preaching. It's just believing it and activating it in your life. Victory over death. Victory over sin. Victory over what? The flesh. Victory over demons. And victory. There's one more. I'm missing one more. Death. Hell. Victory over hell. That these victories will be manifest in your life in the name of Jesus. Just begin to pray and receive these now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Maso Limpola, Kayaba, Brastipola, Limpotasi Bando Kalibala, Kemoso, Talimala, Randola, Kemaso Palikaya, Kamasoba. Victory belongs to you, Jesus. Victory belongs to you. Victory belongs. Pray wherever you are. Receiving your life, this victory, this victory, this victory, this victory, the victory, victory from the resurrection of Jesus. Victory belongs to you, Jesus. Pray wherever you are. Victory belongs. Victory belongs to him. Victory belongs to Jesus. Oh Jesus, let this victory be ours, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Wherever you are, receive victory over your flesh. I receive it. 
victory over your flesh. I receive it. Over your emotions. I receive over your flesh. I receive that your flesh will be under control. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. That through the help of the Holy Spirit, we will mortify, we will crucify, we will kill the deeds and the effects and the control of, of our flesh. Amen. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let that power be present to you now. In the name of Jesus. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus mighty name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Say a nicer amen. Amen. Oh put your hands together for Jesus. For victory over death. Victory over hell. Victory over sin. And victory over, over devils. And victory over the flesh. Over the flesh. The things you used to do, you will do them no more. You will receive power to say no when you have to say no. Amen. Power to say no. Power to say no. It's yours in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You are here this morning. You want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I'm so excited that Jesus died to save me. Jesus died. He paid the price for me. And he rose again. Today on Resurrection Sunday, I want to declare him as my Lord and King. I want to surrender my life to him and go to heaven when I die. If you are here like that with every eye closed and every head bowed, let's give privacy to each other. Every eye closed, every head bowed. You are here. Pastor, please. I don't want to go to hell when I die. Please pray with me. If you are here like that, please lift up your right hand. I want to pray with you. Pastor, please pray with me. Please pray. Every eye, every head bow. Pastor, please pray with me. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. I don't want to go to hell when I die. If Jesus has victory over hell, I want to have victory over hell too. Pray with me. Pray with me. I don't want to go to hell. If your hand is up, come to me in the front. I'll pray with you. Lift it up your hand. Come, I'll pray with you. Come, I'll pray with you. Quickly lift it up your hand. Please come to me. Come to me. I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you. Today. Come on to You are here. You are not sure whether you are born again or not. This is your opportunity. This is your opportunity. It's better to be sure of it. You are here. You want to say, Pastor, I am not sure. I want to be sure. Come, I'll pray with you quickly. I want to be sure. Come, I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you. Come to Jesus. Come on to Jesus. Your life today. Come on to Jesus. Let him have his way. Let him have his way. If you are in front, pray this prayer. Stop moving them around, okay? Let them relax. Pray this prayer with me. Look at me. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus I, accept I accept that I'm a sinner. That I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. All my sins. All my sins. I, confess I confess that Jesus, that Jesus is, the Lord is the Lord of my life. Of my life. Jesus, I believe, I believe that you died for me, you died for and, me. You and you rose Thank again. You, Thank you, Jesus, for dying to save me. To save me. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for these ones. Bless them. 
Wash them indeed with your blood. Write their names in the book of life. Let them be your children. Give them power to save you. In the name of Jesus. Let today mark the beginning of a new life. And a new walk with you. We give you praise. We give you glory. In the name of Jesus. We break the hold of the devil. Against each and every one of them. Set them free. Your word declares that if the son therefore set you free, you shall be free indeed. Let these ones be free indeed to your glory. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Look at me please. You see those two ladies over there? They want to just speak to you for just a moment or two. Maybe you've been there before, but I'll still encourage you to go there. Okay? I'll just talk to you shortly and you will come back to your seats. Can you do that? Wonderful. Be, one of the traits of being born again is obedience. Do, do you understand? When you get born again, stubbornness falls away. Do, do you get it? When stubbornness is still there, you are not born again. You are almost, but you are not there. Okay? Can you do that? What's your name? You have bright eyes. What's your name? Suposetu. Wow, you have a nice... What does it mean? It means Suposetu. Good. It's powerful. It's great. Please give us a wave. You're standing in the deep bag. You see them over there. Do you have your bags and everything in there? Your bag is there. Please take your bag, okay? Never leave your bag on the chair alone, okay? And your mobile phone, okay? And your pasta, okay? Good. Please help them get their, their, their stuff because you never know. Today, is, if you don't have anything, but don't clap for them as they take their things. Take your things and come back. If you don't have anything, just go down. Thank you for joining us. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Bishop Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 083-773-1605. God richly bless you.